Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to the I Have No Idea What I'm Doing podcast, a show about entrepreneurship and money for the African women. My name is Paula Rogo and I'm your host. And today is August 11th, 2020. Last week, I shared six mistakes I made in my first two years of business. I have six more to share in this second and final part of this series. And honestly, I had to narrow down like 30 mistakes just to get it down to a solid 12. And like I said last week, I'm sharing these with you, hopefully, so you don't have to make the same mistakes as I did and that I still do today. Also, just to acknowledge and put it out there that you as a new entrepreneur will make a lot of mistakes. And with entrepreneurship, that is normal. So you have to come to terms with making mistakes, with being wrong often. And it's not really about making the mistake, but what you do after you've learned from that mistake, if you learn from it. So here are six more mistakes I made in my first two years of business. So you don't have to. Let's jump right in. Okay, so mistake number seven of my total list is that I did not have a strong routine. Play with me for a second. Think about a woman you admire, like bring her image into your mind. Is there someone who seems to consistently put out good work all the time? Uh, do they sometimes seem like they are a machine of excellence? This output is just on 10 all the time. And I can bet you 10 times out of 10, this person you're thinking of, she probably is able to do what she does because she has a rock solid daily routine and especially a strong morning routine, but that's for a whole other episode. I know this because I am a recovering inconsistent queen. My life changed when I implemented a strong daily routine. I didn't even realize my daily routine was non-existent. And frankly, I'm a little surprised I've done this well for this long without having something in place. And it was only when I took on the 75 hard challenge that I saw the flaws in my routine. So what is the 75 hard challenge? This is a free 75 day discipline and mental toughness challenge that was created by this guy named Andy Frisella. And basically for 75 days straight, you have to do the following things. You have to read 10 pages of a book each day. You have to drink a gallon of water, which is just under four liters every single day. You have to work out for 45 minutes twice a day. So those are two 45 minute workouts each day. You have to create a diet of your choice. And for me, because I'm one of those people who doesn't eat three meals every day, I'm the type to forget. My diet was just to make sure I ate three meals each day. And finally, the fifth thing is you have to take a daily photo of yourself to track your progress because your body, based on all of these things, will change for sure. Also, it's no alcohol or drugs during this time. And the kicker, the thing that makes this thing extremely hard is if you mess up any of these five criteria, you have to start again at day one. Yes, so 
If you're on day 50 and you mess up, go back to day one. If you are day 74 and you mess up, you have to go back to day one. It's crazy. It's hard, 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 hard. And again, this is a discipline and mental toughness challenge. Most people think it's to do with health and fitness. And there's an aspect of that that is health and fitness. But it's really about building that muscle around discipline and that muscle around mental toughness. I only bring up 75 hard because it took me seven months to finish what is supposed to be a two and a half month challenge. And I even had seven restarts. So I had to go back to day one a couple of times. My restarts were not because the challenge criteria themselves were hard. Yes, they were. But my biggest failure, the thing I was really struggling with in order to achieve 75 hard was my routine and my schedule. My routine was so crazy that there were times I was doing my workout in one of those 45 minute workouts at midnight (laughs) because I hadn't planned my day properly and I didn't have a strong routine and that was not sustainable. And all this burnout and all of those things I've been talking about in previous episodes, it's because I did not have a solid routine. And once I was able to tackle my routine, 75 hard became doable and I actually finished it um, a couple of weeks ago. So in being able to implement that new routine for 75 hard, I built that discipline for my own full life routine. I am not perfect at it and it still needs constant readjustment and constant massaging. But as a result of me gaining control of my routine, I am more efficient, I'm better planned, I'm working within a structure that works for me, I'm able to instill good habits and break bad habits, much less procrastination and so many more benefits. It's changed my life. And as a former habitual non-routine line stepper, I can tell those of you who don't have a routine that you're selling yourself and your business and your employees short by not getting that together. So work on your routine. If you want to hear more about 75 hard, I'll put that in the show notes, but this is not about 75 hard. This is about your routine and it's about moving out of that out of controlled and frazzled lifestyle and trying to gain more control of your life through the routine that you set. The next mistake is that my company had key person risk. Have you ever heard of the term key person risk? I first heard it when my Africa PodFest co-founder, her name is Melissa Mbugwa, when she told me that my company had key person risk. So what that is, is key person risk occurs when a business or business unit becomes heavily reliant on a key individual or key individuals. Things can't happen unless a certain person is in the room or is there doing the work. And this, of course, is typical within SMEs and new startups, of course, but it also occurs in companies of all sizes and of all scales. Examples of key person risk um, in some of the world's largest companies are, for example, Steve Jobs at Apple or more current today, Richard Branson of Virgin. Can you imagine Virgin without him? 
So my co-founder, Melissa, brought this up to me because we were building Africa Podfest. And while that was happening, Kali Media, my main company, was struggling and sometimes even barely functioning because I wasn't there. And you see it in other businesses. Uh, Maybe the founder is going through life because life happens and suddenly the company goes quiet or it stops running. That is key person risk. Today, my company still has key person risk. It's a mistake I'm still making, but I'm aware of it and I'm trying to build around it. I don't have the solutions as yet outside of hiring, but I've been trying to restructure the company in a way that will not need me for certain activities. And it's hard to implement, but I'm trying to figure it out. If key person risk is something you can avoid or build around, you're on the right path with your company. And you can read more about key person risk in the show notes. I have an article for you there. The next mistake I made, I was trying to do too much in a little time. I am good with ideas. I'm an idea person, but that means I tend to overextend myself when it comes to implementing these ideas because I have so many coming that I want to try to get to all of them. So I take on more than I should, even when I don't need to. This sort of characteristic about me uh, was a negative cocktail for my company because I had so much to prove, mostly to myself. If you listened to season one of this podcast, you know that I'd been in the US and I moved back to Kenya. I moved back home in order to start Kali Media to start this company. And I wanted results fast. I'd given up a lot and I was like, I'm here, let's let's get it going, let's do this. And I overdid it. At one point, I had Kali Letter, my bi-weekly newsletter. I had this podcast. I had Kali Live, which was a live show podcast. So I was planning live events. And I had podcasting clients. There was this social media. And I barely had a team in place to support me with these things just yet. Hello, keepers and risk right there. And then I added Africa Podfest on top of that. So no wonder I was tired, no wonder I was burnt out, and no wonder I dropped the ball on all of these things. Like each one of these things, the ball has been dropped. Part of this helter-skelter lifestyle around me was because I had a lack of goal setting and planning, which I talked about in the last episode, not having a larger business plan. And so because of that, there was more distractions. I had more ideas of fun things I wanted to experiment within the company. But also what that meant is I never allowed myself to work on something fully or see it through to the end because I was jumping back and forth between things. So even if it was a good idea and even if I had the power to implement it well, I wasn't allowing my myself the space to do the implementation well, really. So I guess my tip here is to take your time and allow yourself to see things through, see projects through, see ideas through, find support for them, let them be able to stand on their own before jumping on to something else. The next mistake is I did not say no enough. No, 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 no. Did you know that the word no can be a full sentence, like an actual full sentence? I am a people pleaser at heart, so I say yes a lot to people, even if everything is telling me you should be saying no. 
And by failing to say no to all these other asks and requests that come my way, that means I'm not saying yes to myself, my time, and sometimes even my business. My particular fear around saying no is that I become, I start to overthink and become more worried about the consequences of my saying no to the other person, when in fact, I should be worrying about the consequences are more dire for me to take on other things. It was only when... I was just had too much on my back that, you know, I just had to learn it the hard way that I had to say no to some things or the whole structure would fall down. One of my no's now, for example, is I no longer take company calls on weekends. That's a no. Schedule me for next week. And also because of my load, I can't take on new projects or asks anytime soon. So um, if it's a request that's coming Um, under a month from its deadline, I can't take it anymore. It may sound extreme, but it's the only way I can achieve what I want to do. And if I actually didn't have these rules, some of the ones I mentioned, I am pretty sure this particular podcast episode would not be coming out today. So I would have dropped that ball. So it's about also setting boundaries. Say no is setting boundaries. So I've shared a helpful article on learning how to say no in the show notes. For those of you who are like me and struggle with saying no, there are some resources there for you to read. My next mistake is that I didn't understand my company's books. Uh, This is about money. Um, I had an accountant. I had a really strong accounting system. I filed my taxes on time every year, but I didn't actually understand my business's books. Ladies, do you understand how to read your company's statements and documents in order to make larger decisions? Do you know what a balance sheet is? Do you know what an income statement is? Do you know what a statement of cash flow is? Do you know what they are? Do you know why they matter? If you actually know what they are, do you not read them and how to analyze them? Do you know the right questions to ask and demand of your accountants so that the business decisions for tomorrow, next week, next month, next quarter, next year actually make sense to you and the business? And I'm not throwing out all these documents or statements, balance sheets and so forth. I'm not throwing them out to be like, hmm, look at what I know. I'm throwing them out because they're just necessary things you have to learn, unfortunately, in order to do business. It's just one of those things that you have to learn. And if you don't know them yet, when you do, you'll realize why you had to learn them. I did not know them. And... It's only after there was some hangups and work that happened with Africa Podfest this year that showed me that I needed to take further steps to educate myself around financial accounting. So what I did is I I went and especially during the, the lockdown, especially, I took some classes basically around finance, uh, which I feared because I I've, I had a sense that I was bad with money. If, you, if you've ever listened to season one, I talk about that in that money episode. And so I was always sort of trying to avoid having to deal with the numbers and the money of the of the company. And taking these courses have given me so much power because first of all, they're not as hard as you think. That one was just a wall that I had set up for myself. I was just able to make better decisions for my company and just realize what needs to happen next. And so I recommend that if you're like me and struggle with that particular 
financial accounting or financial side of, of your company, I recommend just taking a course if there's one you can sign up for. There's a free one that I'm going to recommend in the show notes that I found helpful. If you allow yourself to take a class or two around this, you'll just you'll just expand your horizons and opportunities for your company to so much more. Uh, so go take a class, make an effort to learn, and you'll really see those results. And then the last mistake is that I stopped believing in myself. Now, there's this interview I once watched of Hillary Clinton, and she was on the PBS NewsHour show, and it's an interview from 2014. And she was being asked about running for president again. So if you remember, she had lost in the primaries in 2008 to President Obama. She, in this case, she would soon be running against Trump in the upcoming 2016 election. So this was 2014. And she was, of course, the front runner. We didn't know Trump was going to come change everything. And in the clip, she's being asked why run again because running for president is a lot of work and a lot of energy and to lose and try again is hard. And I want to share a clip of how she answered that question. Well, you have to be a little bit crazy to run for president. Let me just put it like that, because you have to be so totally immersed and so convinced that you can bring something to that office, that your vision about what you can do to help Americans, and I see them. I mean, I've had people come through the line who tell me their stories about losing their job, about what's happened since they got health care that has helped them, and I, I hear this. So I know that my life of service uh, is the biggest reason why I would consider doing this, because I would want to continue serving. But I also know that it's, it's a very hard job, and it's a job that uh, you, know, you have to be totally consumed by. And, and that's kind of the definition of being a little bit crazy, I think. So in the same way Ms. Clinton here has said, you have to be a little bit crazy to run for president. I think you have to be a little bit crazy to start your own business because the odds from the beginning are stacked against you. And everything goes wrong, and money's going out the door, and your instincts are going wild, and your heart is saying one thing, and your brain is saying another, and your parents don't like it, and maybe you've lost friends, and also you've lost weight. It's insane. It's insane. It's not stable. Why the hell would you do this? <laughs> really? And so because of that, you have to believe in yourself like no other because so many people will not believe in you and so many signs will tell you to stop. It's a blind belief and faith that you will deliver on an idea that you had. Of course, it's blind faith based on reality, but sometimes you even have to move past what is realistic in order to really get to the next level. The best way I can put it is you have to have that Kanye West level of self. You know how Kanye just believes in himself? He says he's like Steve Jobs. He says he's like Walt Disney. Just crazy things. But the guy believes in himself and everything he says he's going to do, he ends up doing. Even if he fails, he ends up doing it. I lost that along the way. And I lose it actually quite quite a lot <laughs> a lot of the time i i stop believing myself or don't think i can do it anymore a lot of the time but i try find my way back 
to center, to believing in myself, in remembering why I'm doing this and why I think I'm the person to do this, why I have the audacity to think that this idea is great and I'm the person who gets to bring it to life and bring it to fruition. And you should too, you should believe in yourself and don't forget that and connect with with your why. So be resilient, be persistent, continue to persevere, continue to believe in yourself. You picked a hard journey, but it's a hard journey that you can definitely, definitely achieve. So those are my main mistakes, 12 of them over two episodes, but I do have three. Listen, I couldn't put it down to just 12. I have three other honorary mentions, honorary mistakes that I wanted to include really quickly. And those three mistakes are number one, not networking within the industry enough. I should have networked a little bit more. Number two, not building a personal board of advisors. And lastly, Number three, I allowed too many, quote unquote, can I pick your brain conversations. Those had to go. Um, And so I'm actually going to talk about these three honorary mentions in the Facebook group. There's a special Facebook group for this podcast and for listeners of the podcast. So I'll be sharing those three things there. So that's it for this week's episode. But before I go, I want to shout out two podcasts that I was a guest on recently. Yes, I was the interviewee and not the interviewer. The first one is The Tim Small Show. The Tim Small Show is a podcast out of South Africa hosted by Tim Small. And I got to talk to him about my entrepreneurial journey, um, what it was like living in the U.S. and growing up there, and my move back to Kenya, and as well as talking about uh, one of the most important, significant mentors in my life, Gwen Eiffel. So I talk about that in that episode. And I was also recently a guest of the 51st Coffees podcast with Kenyan podcast. Marsha Aida. And with Marsha, we talked about a whole bunch of things, just life and things that I usually don't hear me talking about too much on this podcast. And lastly, I was interviewed for an article about the growth of podcasting in Africa by the Mail and Guardian. If you know, that's a South African publication. And if you follow me anywhere outside of this podcast, you know that I I do a lot of work in podcasting, especially through Africa Podfest. And if you're listening to this podcast, then you know podcasts are booming and growing on the continent. They're the next big thing. So I get to talk about that in this article. If you're interested in this, learning about more about me and the work that I do, head over and listen to the two podcasts and this article, and I'll share all the links for those in the show notes. And that's it. We'll be back with more interviews for the rest of the month, as well as a Money Matters episode. We have to do that for this month. So I'll see you next week. Have a great week. So be it. See to it. See to it.